Hi, Emmaus. Welcome back to the Proclaim and Display podcast, episode 20, where we help you show and tell the gospel to your neighbors and the nations. Back in the studio today with Jaron and Kennedy. Yeah, Kennedy's back. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Kennedy, you're back. Yeah. Back. So Jaron and I have tried to hold things together the last few weeks, but it's good to have you back. We feel way more comfortable <laughs> with you here. So yeah, yeah. So what have you been up to, Kennedy? Man, lots of things. You know, I was thinking, I think it's been like three, maybe four weeks since Something I've like been that. on. Yeah. But I've been in town, but we've just been doing so much in the past month or so and just have so many other things that we're about to start doing. So You've um, been doing your job and Jaren and I have been <laughs> doing things like this. So that's really what it comes it's down been to. Fun, yeah, thank you for doing your job, <laughs> no. Kennedy. Like way to go. So uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've so been doing you, lots been of stuff. Yeah. yeah. We um took the sparrows to their field trip the other week, which was so fun. We went to um, a Dodgers baseball game. Yeah, we game. went to a Dodgers baseball game and just hanging out with the sparrows, like you just leave so full because they're just they're yeah. so fun to be if around. People don't know who the sparrows are tell them yeah so the sparrows is a special needs group for adults that are like kind of um younger adults maybe like out of high school that high school age and they um just get together once a week trying to trying to just fill their time find that community and so um it's super fun to hang out with them so if yeah. you guys are looking for a place to volunteer sparrows is really fun when, when is their dance party is that July, I believe it's in July. It's, okay. July sounds right. Yeah, that's yeah. a highlight every year. Yes. Hosting oh my gosh, it's the best. So, oh yeah, gosh. it's so fun. <laughs> yeah, we've also been doing lots of um, just disaster relief stuff. We Our disaster relief truck is in Little Rock, Arkansas right now. Um, and then this past weekend, we were up in Shawnee um, helping with some disaster relief recovery for one of our members, actually. Um, and we had an incredible group show up, and we finished um, cleaning out debris at her property in about two hours so that just Sweet. shows like the work of our yeah. team yeah, and all awesome. they did and if you listen to last week's podcast joy carl who yeah. was on that podcast is the person that we were able to turn around and yeah. help so uh, so joy Sweet. had no idea what was going to come after that podcast right. but so thankful we were able to to encourage her so um you know i was thinking back to it had to be only a few months after i got to emmaus so this was probably early 2016, most likely, I still remember your dad or still remember Jim coming into my office and saying, Owen, there's somebody we need to go meet with. I was like, okay, you know, who is it? He's like, we need to go meet with Lance Lane. I didn't have any idea who Lance Lane was, but he said, there's a new ministry that's just started called Hope is Alive, and we need to probably partner with them. And and as the new guy at the church, as the new pastor, I was like, you know, I don't want to commit to, to too many things. I don't want to get us into situations we don't need to be into. I am so glad we got into Hope is Alive. Like that's been, that has been an incredible blessing. So Emmaus, today on the podcast, we have a graduate of Hope is Alive, but also an employee of Hope is Alive, Mr. Ari Patchen. Howdy. Yes. Man, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for sitting over there to the side, you know, for like three minutes while we, while we chatted over here. So we need to get Ari... Ari gave us an entire podcast recording before we hit record. So it's, it's been so good. Like we got all this momentum going into the podcast. I feel like I just killed. But now we're going to get back, get back into it, and, and tell a little bit of Ari's story. So, man, I, I'm so thankful for just your encouragement to me. Um, I've told people this before, but being around you, Ari, you're one of those guys that you're around and I come away from a conversation energized, encouraged, like I want to be a better man as a result of, mm -hmm. of talking with you. And, and I really, really appreciate that, uh, 
about your story, your life, and so I'm excited for people to hear from hear from you. Before we hear your personal story, mm-hmm. you were talking about one of the ways that Emmaus serves with Hope is Alive right, right now. So, so tell people um, a couple of things that we're doing with Hope is Alive specifically that Monday Monday sure, night. Group. Absolutely. So, um, so my name is Ari Patchen. You know, I work as the uh, senior outreach coordinator for Hope is Alive Ministries, and my specific job is to support our program. And so, currently in Oklahoma City, we have. 91 men and women oh, wow. who are looking to um, our program to lead them into long-term sobriety. And one amazing way that we do that is through community engagement. Mm-hmm. And so we have opportunities to serve our residents Sunday evenings, Mondays, and then throughout the week, you know, in just organic times where people come into the house. But one cool thing that Emmaus is doing, and they've been doing this now for almost a year, is they have uh, on our South Side homes, we meet uh, Monday night, 6.30 to 7.30 for Bible study. And so this is peer-led. Uh, it's a, a discovery model Bible study. Our house managers lead it. But Emmaus has joined in with us. Um, and there's three or three, between three to five guys who will come consistently. And, you know, they're just part of the group now. And you know, the guys, they get off. It's Mondays are hard for anybody, yeah, yeah. you know, and then throw in a mandatory Bible study <laughs> for guys who are, you know, coming out of addiction and getting off work. And it's just, it's cool for, for the guys to, to know that, you know, people from the community value them, you know, that yeah. they're taking time out of their day and their lives to ultimately pour into our residents and and especially lead them, you know, some of them baby Christians, new, new Christians, um, not Christian at all. And so we just really value the partnership we have with, with Emmaus and you guys stepping into that. It's been fun to see those guys continue that Kennedy be able to continue that with our connection between Emmaus and hope is alive. Now, when people hear hope is alive, I think generally speaking, a lot of people listening to this podcast would know it's a, you know, an addiction recovery ministry, but walk us through what, what is the program? You mentioned Sunday night, you mentioned Monday, you mentioned somebody coming in. Give us the right. overview. Sure. What is Hope is Alive? What do you guys do? How does the program work? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so beginning, I'll give you kind of the quick rundown. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So beginning about 12 years ago as our, as our founder was coming out of his own addiction and he was working for a recovery treatment facility, he, be, he saw three specific things happening. Guys were returning, uh, so they'd graduate the 30, 60, 90-day program, and they'd come back. Right. They'd end up, unfortunately, overdosing, or they'd end up in jail and prison. Mm-hmm. And so he, something went, you know, kind of, kind of a vision, yeah. you know, um, came for him where he saw, well, where's that missing link? You know, why, why are guys continuing? Why is this happening? And so... Sober living isn't anything new. Uh, it's been around, um, you know, a place, a house where, you know, like-minded people come and stay and try to achieve long-term sobriety. But what Hope is Alive provides is, you know, a beautiful home in a nice neighborhood um, with a structured, uh, high-intentionality designed curriculum that walks individuals out of poor life choices trauma, into life skill development, healing their core wounds, all within the confines of 
what we call a biblical community. Mm-hmm. And so we like to think of them just as little churches. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it's a place where you know you don't have to be well. Ultimately, it's even like a hospital. Yeah. Um, yeah. where it's safe and secure for you to begin the process that God's going to take you through to peel back those layers. Yeah. Of of all the substance abuse and the poor life choices and trauma and and not being responsible and all the debt and you know just the things that pile up on people yeah. when they're coming out of addiction. Now, from that first home, we're obviously way past one home at this point for Hope Is Alive. How, right? Where are we now in terms yeah, of yeah? So of homes? in the OKC Metro, we yeah. have eight homes: yeah. six wow. for men, two for women. Yeah. Across the nation, we're in six states, eleven. Cities, twenty-five homes. Wow, currently Praise about two hundred and twenty-five men and women. Oh wow. wow, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Now someone comes in, so someone has a family member, a friend who's who's battling addiction. They've gotten to a stable place because you guys aren't the place they come necessarily to be stabilized. Not all the out. time. Not all the time, yeah. but they've reached that point. What is the process? What are they walking into? You right. mentioned Sunday night, Monday night. Kind of how long does the program last? Are sure. there different phases to so it? So an individual walking in, you know, there's an intake process, and they'll be really immediately absorbed into the home. And so, um, you know, it could be anywhere between 8 to 12 guys in a house, you know, big, big houses. And uh, really, they begin to learn how to adapt to a community. Uh, also having rules and regulations, you know, curfews. And <laughs> yeah. They have to get a job, find a church home, attend AA meetings, attend some type of 12-step meeting, rec- celebrate recovery. Right, right. Um, pay their bills on time. You know, adhere to the rules is a big one. Yeah. Um, not get into a relationship right away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so from there, they, they transition into uh, phase work, we call it. And so they'll do their uh, 12-step meetings, but really centered on um, codependency, sex and love addiction, and really beginning to give back um, to the, the community as they progress yeah. in the home. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, those Sunday, yeah. Night, those Sunday night meetings. Right. Have, you, have you guys ever been to a Sunday night meeting? You, oh, my word. They're, <laughs> they're incredible. Right. Like it's, you go to a Sunday night meeting, and you're like, okay, this is what Sunday school small group life <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> should look like. You know? yeah. So talk about some of those, what, what, sure. what people celebrate on Sunday night. You know, churches bring in food, and usually there's a speaker and that sort of thing. But there's a couple of other elements that make those sure. Sunday night meetings really, really unique. Yeah, I mean, it really Sunday nights incorporate everything about what Hope is Alive is in the culture. And so that is, you know, celebrating everything. Mm. Jesus is always the answer uh, and um, giving back what was given to us. Mm. And so we see that through, you know, whoever it may be, Emmaus bringing a meal on a Sunday night. We would then uh, incorporate our programming, which is we do SMART goals. So specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-bound goals. Yeah. So as the men and women are you know, accomplishing those, they get to brag. Uh, they get to stand up and say, hey, you know, I went to the gym five days this week. And, and I people see- people clap politely. No, no. We get wild and yeah. we get rowdy. They go yeah. crazy about yeah. these goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for, for so many of us, you know, there wasn't a lot to celebrate post-sobriety. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's just fun to let loose and and to encourage, really, yeah. the design of Sunday night is to encourage your other brother and sister in the Lord. Yeah. And so along with the SMART goals, we celebrate sobriety. Yeah. 
And so guys will stand up and yell, two months, six months, 16 months, whatever it is, you know. Last Sunday night, we did 163 months of sobriety celebrated. Oh, like, so good. I don't think yeah. anything like that is happening across the country yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. where you have a group of people who are standing up and shouting their sobriety day, yeah. and the guys in their homes or just in their community are rooting for them. Yeah. And so following that, we have our infamous brag on a bro or sister shout outs. <laughs> so we get a drum roll going <laughs> and we get wild and crazy. But again, it's just a way of incorporating structured encouragement. Yeah. You know, Owen, so so grateful that you, um, you know, thought of Hope is Alive today and thought of me to come and speak to your local community. Thank you yeah. for that opportunity. You, you know, know, there's just something about su- yeah. mentioning that yeah. to somebody else. I don't think I've ever heard or thought of the phrase structured encouragement, but <laughs> if there's ever a great description of church life, like structured encouragement, <laughs> like how do we do this in such a way that we're right. in, And I think you've used the word intentionality about Hope is Alive. I do see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of that's coming out of Lance's personality right. and the way he drives things, but, but there's, you don't do things on accident. Mm-hmm. You don't get out of addiction on accident. I mean, right. there's, there's intentionality to this. So, okay. So in the time we have, Ari, tell us a little bit of, of your story. I know there's a two hour version of this, but what's, sure. what's the story of, of God's work in your life, mm. bringing you, you know, where you grew up, kind of how life developed and then God bringing mm. you out some, some really dark times. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think there's one word that, that really describes my experience with God and that's truly mercy. Hmm. And so beginning from the first time that I, I was 14 years old, and so even going further back, my, my dad uh, was born and raised New York City Jew. My mom was born and raised pastor's kid from the Midwest. They connected, and here I, here I came. Um, and so it was just a very dynamic household. We, I grew up on the East Coast in New Jersey. And, you know, early on, I had to make a decision if I was going to choose um, Judaism or Christianity, you know. And so fortunately for me, you know, I I kind of was really uh, attracted to worship, you know, and to more of of a deeper relationship with a Savior than I was seeing in Judaism. Yeah. And that was just my experience. Sure, sure. Yeah. You you know, Um, and so early on, you know, I got in with a local church and was doing well and never had a problem believing God was real. I just didn't really know how to have a, a genuine relationship with him. And so I had I went through a lot of bullying, you know, in elementary school, middle school, and just really had to find a way to cope with that in a home where my parents were both very emotionally immature. And I'm comfortable saying that with them, with you guys today because, you know, my parents and I, we've walked through a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there's no blame here yeah. um, for them and their upbringing because yeah. I understand it's generational. Oh, sure, and, yeah. You know, and their parents treated them this way and back, so on and so forth. And so uh, 14 years old, you know, I just, uh, my girlfriend at the time, we'd been dating for a couple of years, and she went off with somebody else, and I didn't know how to cope with that, and I knew that alcohol from what I had seen was a way to change the way you felt and so my first experience with alcohol I woke up two days later from drinking a half a gallon of vodka 
and had cardiac arrest on the way to the hospital in the ambulance after my friends gave me hypothermia because I was puking and, and, and urinating all over myself. And uh, there was no consequences for that when I came out of that. My parents were just so happy I was alive. And for, unfortunately, you know, with no consequences, I knew that it changed the way I felt. Yeah. And I had no idea, you know, the seriousness of what I was getting into. Right. So at 14 years old, I was a full-fledged alcoholic. And I used every moment I could to steal, to lie, to cheat, to get more of that substance into my body because I had no idea how to cope with the discouragement or the imbalance or, you know, the disappointment or the self negative self-talk. Yeah, yeah. And so I quit, I quit high school at 16, you know, started community college early, wasn't for me, fell into some really deep and dark times with cocaine at 17, marijuana, was facing 10 years in prison, and was fi- able to get out of that cert, um, situation and moved out of New Jersey. Yeah, they kind of yeah. kicked me out. So, <laughs> bro, yeah. you're probably probably not suited for this state anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, at 19, um, I became a real Christian, I say. And I hate to label myself that. I just, I began to experience the Lord as a Savior. Yeah. You know, and His blood and how to confess and yeah. um, how to have a have you know, communication with Him in the Bible. And uh, fast forward, though, 21, I, I hadn't drank for about two years and started drinking again. And I didn't realize I was an alcoholic. I didn't, that, that word wasn't ever used in my house. And... Got married early, had a child, then had another child, was hiding my alcoholism until I couldn't hide it anymore, and just kind of limped my way through with a family uh, through my addiction for about 15 years Oh wow! on yeah. and off. And so I was married on paper for, for 10 years, um, but we were separated probably about six or seven of that um, because of my addiction. And I just could never find an open space enough and I to to be honest with another man just about how sick I was mentally and emotionally and how the negative self-talk that I was feeding myself and um, how to break free from trying to fix the past instead of being present in the moment Mm -hmm. And um, you can't fix the past. I've learned that. <laughs> I've tried so, yeah. so hard. Yeah. And I petitioned the Lord to fix the past. Yeah. And it's, you know, he, he continually takes me back to the present mm-hmm. and to being where my feet are in the moment. Yeah. And because, you know, that's, that's where he is. Yeah. And so I um, ended up getting a few years of sobriety. We had another child. Life was good on the outside, but again, internally, I just, I hadn't fully connected with, to anybody that I could be fully transparent with. And I say that because that's a big part of, of my redemption story. Yeah. And so we ended up, my wife and I getting a divorce because I had relapsed and I had found meth and I had never used meth before. And it took me to a very, very dark place to where I ended up, um, choosing it over my children and over my marriage 
and over God and over all my family and became a homeless IV meth user, very, very much um, giving up. And so part of my story is what we call an addiction language uh, is chronic relapser. Okay. And so a person who starts and, and keeps, keeps failing. Yeah. And specifically, you know, in uh, sobriety. Yeah. And so when I came to Hope is Alive, which backtrack, I had given up the two weeks before I heard about Hope is Alive. I, I had literally told God I, I, I no longer needed him to protect me because I was hopeless. Oh, wow. Because I had chronic relapsed. I had started over probably 50 or 60 times. Mm. And I just didn't think I was savable. Mm. And I wanted to be savable, but I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't think I was. Mm. And so through a church day, uh, Hope is Alive comes into local churches and we'll have some residents share some testimonies that happened in Wichita. And my uncle heard these testimonies from guys just like me. And he, he heard some things that led him to hope. And it was from through that that he shared about Hope is Alive with me. And at that point, I, I didn't know, you know, that three and a half, almost three and a half years later, my life would be amazing. Oh, wow. Um, but I just knew I, w- I was willing to try one more time. And so I knew I needed to get out of Wichita. I needed a, ge- a geographic change. Sure, sure. And, yeah. you know, that cool thing about Hope is Alive is we're in 11 cities. Yeah. And so there was a bed open in Oklahoma City. I was able to come in and I was met with the love of Jesus mm. in peers, though. It mm. wasn't in, you know, again, some type of institutionalized right, setting. Right. It was just in a home with guys much younger than me leading me. <laughs> You know, and challenging me and placing me in a position where, you know, I could continue to kind of do the same things I have been doing, have the same thoughts, have the same feelings, have the same reactions, and probably end up with the same results. Or I could kind of be completely wiped away and just be, you know, uh, a new story be written. That's and, such a powerful story. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank yeah. you. <laughs> every, every time I hear your story, I just think about – we think about Hope is Alive sometimes, and we think of um, people coming in their early 20s, you know, mm. mid-20s, and then there's so many people at Hope is Alive, though, that that story of redemption and healing is, mm-hmm. has happened a little bit later oh, yeah. in, in life. And I know you guys would give anything to go back to your early 20s or late right. teens and see that healing, but just how, how God's used your story mm-hmm. um, and an amazing job. And a new bride yes. has come out of this. Yes, December third, we um, we got married. Yeah, I and love that so, so much. Um, yeah. We just found out we're pregnant. Oh wow! Congrats. Now you're not you're not Thank breaking you. that news on the podcast, are you? Uh, no. Okay. okay. <laughs> like, this would this would be a great place to break that news. So uh, um, yeah. I can't no. say everybody in our life yeah. knows, but you know, yeah. they do now. They do now because this podcast goes out to everybody. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, but it's just a cool story, and Am- oh. Amanda works for Hope is Alive. Yeah. She's been so over six years, and she's a regional director, so she oversees yeah. the entire women's program. And her story is even even better than mine, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and just what God has been wow. able to do. And yeah. so we are just so so grateful, um, you know. And I have my own struggle backstory with my previous life mm-hmm. and my three kids, yeah. you know, and the damage that I caused and. You know, I can't imagine what it feels like to 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 know 
that your dad abandoned you for mm-hmm. drugs. I, I, I don't know what, what the Lord will do for them, yeah. but I know the time will come for us to have a relationship. Yeah. And so, you know, just prayers for that yeah. through mm-hmm. the community, oh, you know, whatever, what, however long that will take. I know that God's in the, the business of, God's in the process, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and I know this is a process. Yeah. And so I say all that to say uh, it's just a huge blessing, yeah. you know, that, to be able to have a child. And, you said your you said your word for this year is brave. <laughs> right. So there you go. Add that new child to that, <laughs> that reality. Right, so, so brave, good. brave speaking in front of people, but also brave moving into a yeah. new season of life, man. So that's that's amazing. Hey, if anybody's listening to this podcast and they know someone who is facing addiction, they know someone in this, or maybe maybe they're listening and they're in this situation have just been hiding it. What's the best way to get in touch with Hope Is Alive? Right. Um, so multiple multiple ways. I would say the first way is they can go on uh, hopeisalive.net, so www.hopeisalive.net, and we have a uh, online recruiter. It's on one of those kind of chat bots. Right. And you can just say, hey, I need some help, or I need some, I have some questions, and one of our recruiters will reach out. Okay. And so uh, you can also, we have a 1-844 number. It's called the Hope Line. Okay. And so you can call, and somebody will answer and get some help through them wonderful or you know if you're part they're part of the Emmaus community they could reach out to somebody on Emmaus staff absolutely who could reach out to me or somebody on the Hopes Alive staff and we'll we'll connect them yeah thank you for that well uh, Kennedy I want you to be able to uh, to pray for Ari I know with your position and the work that you do with with local missions and reaching our neighborhoods and your connection with these guys I just to be able to pray for Ari pray for his family pray for Hope is Alive and then uh and then we'll wrap up because we've got to take him to eat dinner, and then he's got to speak two more times tonight. So <laughs> this is his warm up, uh, warm up attempt. So would I you want pray to figure f- out how I can get out of my responsibilities and come listen to him talk too much? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You may want to change your schedule tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and uh, I keep cutting Kennedy off from praying, but I am so thankful you're going to be able to speak for a moment to our teenagers tonight. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's so a really good. special thing. So all right, Kennedy, yeah. pray before we cut you okay. off again. So. Lord, we thank you so much just for this opportunity for us just to hear from Ari and just hear about the impact of the ministries of Hope is Alive, Lord. We just thank you for how you continue to grow this ministry, how you continue to use this ministry to reach to our community and even um, even broader than our community, Lord. Lord, just thank you for the reminders in Ari's story of um just hearing his story, Lord, just points to your redemptive story, Lord. Um, and just to see how you have continued to work in his life and how you've continued um, just to be with him through every step of the way, Lord, is just so encouraging. And to just see his joy, Lord, just reminds us of the joy that we have in you. Um, and so I thank you for all that you've done in his life. Lord, we pray for um, just his family um, and all the exciting things and even challenging things that they might walk through um, in the days ahead. Lord, we just pray that you be with them. Um, Lord, just bless this ministry. We're so thankful that um, you even allow us to be a part um, of this ministry with Emmaus, but also um, we're excited that you even allow us to be a part um, of just reaching our community in this way, Lord. And so I just pray for um, all of us that have anything to do with Hope is Alive and reaching our community that you would just use us in ways um, that will impact your kingdom. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 We love you, Emmaus. See you soon.